to have been the top left hand start by four. There we go. So, yes, we're talking about um, actually how quick can we catch the mind when it wanders away from the present moment. And basically what that means is, is that we can have thoughts about the present moment, which are in the present moment. It's almost as, as like um, an example would be like in, in the very early days of uh, radio and sports casting, they had what was called a blow by blow description. Yeah. The radio announcer was seeing the uh, uh, the match and whether one was being backed up or the other like that and, and talking about it. The same thing could happen with football, a blow by blow description in the football. That is in fact what uh, we get started doing as opposed to the other way would be that there's two radio announcers in the radio announcers booth but while they're uh there to announce the game and watch the game and give the description of the game they're having a conversation about other stuff which means they're not focusing on the game that's being played they're talking about something else and this happens actually in sports from time to time that these guys just get start chatting all what and no, nobody what's going on but them okay so this is the kind of thought pattern that is that we can either have thoughts about what's happening or we can have thoughts that are about what's not happening somewhere else okay and so these are the kind of ways that we're beginning to look at it is, is that in the beginning, we want to do a blow by blow description because that helps us really focus in and pay attention to what's going on. But eventually, when we actually are there in the game, we don't need a blow by blow description of the game so because they're happening far too fast for us to just listen to what's going on. So this is this is what I'm saying. So I don't um, now. There is no blow by blow. Every thought burns up immediately. Uh, every thought, it, it's not discriminating. Uh, it's just any thought that comes up burns up and any thought that needs to be thought happens by itself. Exactly. So congratulations for waking up to that. Yeah, so yes, good. But I'm, but congratulations. I'm not, thank you. However, so far, so good, huh? <laughs> <However. Yes. laughs> so I, I was okay because I'm like, okay, just chill in the present, uh, notice wrong views, uh, but which is happening by itself. There's no need for me to do it. It just burns up as soon as awareness is cast on it. Mm -hmm. But then there seems to be this eye that was in the mind in conceptually. It seems to have, it's in the body and it's not comfortable. Guess what? It always was. But now, as part of your practice, you're becoming aware of what's happening in the body. So you're beginning to wake up to it. Or another way of talking about it is, is by asking you the question, and this is actually a better approach. Do you think that those sensations that you're experiencing now in the body, are they new? Are, no. Have they... Are they result of correct practice or are these recognitions of things that have been there for a while, maybe it's, a long time? It's, it's, a, it's a recognition of wrong view and conditioning, yes. Okay. Well, 
what we can understand directly from the teachings of Anapanasati is that the body and the feelings and the mind condition one another. That the mind conditions the feelings, the feelings condition the mind, the feelings condition the body, the body can make the uh, condition the feelings. When the body is sick with a virus, we feel glum and bad. And because of that, we will normally have negative thoughts. Oh, poor me. I wish I wasn't sick. I've got so much work to do. And those are the kind of thoughts that we're having when really it's only the body is sick. So, so exactly. Yeah, so this was the issue I came across because I'm like, okay, the mind is not really an issue anymore, but it's because it appears and it burns up. So I'm back in the present, but something has happened where the body is so efficient now. So things that used to cause thoughts before don't, it just goes straight for the body. So now I just feel bad in the body as opposed to thinking and feeling bad. Okay. So maybe now is the time to actually guide to make the, the mind more in control, that that's basically a part of Anapanasati that a lot of people don't quite understand. It's not necessarily uh, the expertise in being an excellent witness, but rather the expertise is becoming an excellent boss. And the boss is so good at his job that he, all he has to do is just keep track of what's going on that most bosses, most managers are involved in their employees' lives and involved in the work and all of that because they're trying to fix something. Perhaps it's not even broken. Hmm. Okay. So in the beginning, we're going to be the kind of boss that is going to guide this thing, right? This is what we mean by intentionally changing the thoughts from unwholesome thoughts into wholesome thoughts. Basically, what we can say is, is that people have spent their whole lives talking themselves into feeling bad, and now you still have some of that feeling bad residue left over in the body, even though the thoughts are, are caught very quickly. Exactly, exactly. But what we can do now is to start to reverse that trend. By having nurturing, wholesome thoughts, everything really is okay, and we can do that by taking a deep breath with the idea that I can break up that tension, that anxiety. So I, I need to move back into the mind. Pardon? I need to move back into the mind? Actually, no. What you need to do is directly the mind or the awareness or the attention and place it in the chest. This is the place for your sensory awareness. Th this it's is what I Go there. So, so Be this exactly, exactly what you're saying is, is the reason for this call. I would like exactly what you're saying. How do I investigate my body? Because I'm good at the mind. I'd like to know what's going on here now. So you say the investigate first thing this, we yeah. do is to start it with the breathing by breathing a long, deep breath and then figure out what is it that makes this a long, deep breath. Start looking at the parts of the body that are actually moving in order to force this to be a long, deep breath rather than the kind of breathing that the body would be doing on a regular, ordinary breath. So start noticing the difference of what a long, deep breath is, okay? And one of the qualities also of that long, deep breath is that we begin to experience or feel the life-giving qualities of that breathing, rather than just be telling you, oh, a breathing is life-giving, 
It's it's the prana. It gives us life. Okay. Uh, physiologically, we can be oh hum boring. Uh, oxygen comes in and carbon dioxide goes out. So what? No. What we're actually going to be doing is actually the experiencing of the life-giving healing quality of these long, deep, relaxing in-breaths, as well as the feeling of relaxation and exhaust and throwing that stuff out on a long, deep, relaxed out-breath. Really paying attention to what the body is doing in those moments. And so let me give you a demonstration of that. Then again, so that you can feel the belly, you can feel the chest, you can feel even the top of the lungs, and then when you let it out, it just feels so relaxing. To let it feel like just the air is just let out of it all, and it feels relaxing. And as you do that on the next in-breath, you can say, well, wait a minute now, is that tension in the chest as bad as, or is it uh, a little bit better now? Even after one or two breaths, that stuff starts to break up. And here's why that happens. Is that first off, that first deep in-breath changes the blood oxygen content. That alone begins to change the pH level of the blood, which also starts to change the flow of the blood. And so there's real changes physiologically that are happening in the body that is different from our ordinary shutdown kind of state, that we're actually becoming more alive intentionally and then experiencing that coming alive intentionally so that, wow, what a nice moment this is. Allow yourself to really enjoy, to really be alive, vibrantly alive. And so we continue with those deep breaths and, and get kind of a buzz on uh, where we feel tingly and vibrantly alive. Wow, how good this feels. Okay, allow you to experience that because you haven't been doing that your whole life. What you've been doing is trying to escape from the negative rather than going full blown into the positive. So, okay, I understand. So that, that tension you speak of, that t tension has never left me, not even for a second. As soon as I've been aware of it, probably a year ago or so, okay, it's, it's, it's never left. It's there. All right. So now we can also work with the breathing the way that we're doing by uh, paying attention to it. Another way we can think of it is caressing it. Um, as conceptualized language, we would begin to nurture and accept that tension, that it's okay that I feel like that. I don't have to do anything to get rid of it. Everything is already okay, just as it is. Let me keep deep breathing. Let me continue to let that exhaust out and keep watching how the body is going to go through natural changes while we're doing that rather than having the preconceived concept that it never goes away, actually watch the fact that it is actually dynamic. Changing, yeah. It's constantly changing, it's dynamic, and it can be played with as a toy. 
rather than something to be avoided. Hmm. I've, I've, I've solidified that thing into a concept and create thoughts and stuff around it. As opposed to just working with it and accepting it fully. It's well, the it's the maybe not even working and maybe not accepting it, but rather uh, treating it as uh, a toy to play with, something to be investigated, something to recognize that it's not as horrible as we would have thought originally, that it, after all, is just a sensation has been there all so many years anyway. What's the problem? So what what is that? Why why is this here? If there's, there's nothing wrong in my life at all. Why? why? Gener generally, what uh, it's been traced down to is a combination of adrenaline and cortisol. Now, adrenaline actually is produced uh, in the same way that cortisol does, but cortisol is a molecule that's similar to adrenaline, but it has the quality of not breaking down so easily to where adrenaline is very, very high energy, easily broken down so that its value can be uh, consumed. And so adrenaline breaks down very easily. That's why we want to actually take the deep breath to give the body enough oxygen to break down that adrenaline molecule. Okay. That is actually being pulled in the blood, but also wanting to get rid of that feeling puts us in a state of not liking, which is exactly the state that the mind is in when it's creating adrenaline. And so we continue to keep it going by not liking it, while at the same time we're not getting uh, the body the tools that it needs to dispel that, that stuff. So we're actually going to, in this deep breathing technique, we're attacking it in both directions. One is, is that we're putting a stop to the slow leak of adrenaline, and number two, we're actually going to use up that adrenaline Breathe in the oxygen, let the oxygen do what it's going to do in the bloodstream to uh, release that um, adrenaline and break it down into what we would call um, fatty acids or uh, uh, proteins. Okay, and then those proteins and fatty acids and, and uh, um, uh, little acidic particles can then be breathed out where an adren uh, adrenaline molecule is too big. Adrenaline molecules don't pass from the blood directly into the lungs and then out. They have to be broken down with oxygen first. And a lot of that adrenaline then comes out as carbon dioxide. Hmm. Okay, so there is actually body chemistry in there that works to our advantage rather than to our disadvantage. Before, when we don't know what we're doing, it works to our disadvantage so that we build up and fuel tents while our mindfulness is growing. This is basically what happens when we're having a meditation. We're, we're getting good at watching the mind. We're getting good at um, remembering to watch the mind, but we're not really good at making the kind of changes that need to be made. This is where right effort comes in is the effort that it takes to actually start breathing well and gaining the benefits. But as we gain the benefits and we recognize these things as benefits, 
that helps our enthusiasm and the enthusiasm helps the effort so there's not so much effort anymore it becomes really easy deep to recognize that hey that's just relief is just a breath away <sighs> don't have a problem in the world now <laughs> yeah i guess i guess i need to feel that the direct relation between getting that relief from having that breath because all i've been well, stuck with, with so it practice with it let it be a toy to play with recognize that you can like this deep breathing that it does have benefit if you look at the benefits. And one of the benefits is, is that you generally feel in that moment, you begin to feel better, not so tired. Okay. Okay. So, that, now here's something that's quite interesting. Maybe that you've heard about this in, in the various stages that the hospitals have gone through with the coronavirus and, and intensive care and ventilators and dying and other things like that. One of the things that they've been doing to keep people alive is by bringing respiratory therapists into the room. What is bringing a person called a respiratory therapist? What is he going to do? He's going to teach the patient how to breathe because that's the only thing that's going to keep them alive. When the, when the virus is eating the lungs alive, one of the things that we need to do is intentionally breathe because that's going to help the repair. It's also going to help throw some of that virus out uh. in the air, okay? So this is the whole point about respiratory therapy is, is that it is life-giving, especially when people are sick. And in a way, that's what you're talking about, that you've got an uneasy feeling on the inside of, of your chest. The answer, obviously, is let's start breathing. Let's breathe into that. So I'm curious, when I said I have an uneasy feeling on the inside of my chest, it looked as if you knew exactly what I was talking about. Um, as in, this is a common experience for people to have. Is that Absolutely. What is Absolutely, the okay. Well, it has to do with the body's chemistry. The kind of thoughts that we have are unwholesome thoughts bringing on an unwholesome body chemistry. Now, in some religions, they will talk about that in the sense of a whole that is God. And all you have to do is to place God in that whole because the whole is God shaped. Another way of looking at it is whatever shape that hole is, we've got a God that'll fill it completely. Mm. But another thing is, is that people feel that hole inside. And that what we're talking about is it's really not a hole, but it does have kind of a quality of emptiness or missing something. You're talking and about, so we, are you speaking yeah, of what you're yeah, reacting so, do you ha have that kind of sensation? Because really, it's just a sensation. That's all it is. It's a it's, bodily sensation that indicates that the body chemistry is in such and such a state. But that Christians use is a hole inside that needs to be filled. Does it have that kind of uh, conceptualization for you? Would you use that term, a hole? that needs to be filled, maybe emptiness. I wouldn't say it's a hole that 
needs to be filled. It's it's more of an uneasiness without being able to find a ground or permanency with anything. Okay, all right. So then you could call it even a longing, a longing for permanency. Uh, exactly. Exa longing for stability. A longing for okay. permanency, but everywhere I look in experience, there's not everything is changing. There's nothing permanent, including this mind and this body. So exactly, and so in a way. Um, this longing for security and longing for permanency is being voided by your meditation practice. Because as you're waking up, you're recognizing more and more and more things are not stable. It's making me quite uh, sad, to be, to be honest. <laughs> the more I wake up, the more I look around and see how unsatisfactory and impermanent and uncontrollable things are. I which means then that we need to start practicing the skills that we need to start taking control of this stuff. Do not have to feel like a victim to it. That we're not subject to it, we're actually creating it. And so if we recognize that we're actually doing it to ourselves, that means that we can change what we're doing to ourselves Right, we can change that to understand that you're the boss here. This is what this is predicated actually on the second noble truth. This is what the second noble truth is: is that uneasiness inside, that hole to be filled, that longing, that emptiness, is characteristic of the word dukkha, and that one of the ways that we can talk about it, it that's very very similar to what we've been talking about about but here's kind of the spring word of the surprise word and that is is that we feel unsatisfied yeah yeah we're just dissatisfied yeah and so we paint images or conceptualizations of that of a hole inside or longing or an uncomfortable situation but the reality is is that we're just not satisfied that things are not good enough so the only way this hole is going to be filled is when you discover who you actually are. Oh, no, 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 no. That's the whole point is that's where many people go wrong is because they think that that's their job. The Buddha says that that's actually um, you'll never figure it out directly that what we do need to figure out instead okay. is what is the source of the suffering itself? What is the dukkha? What is the dissatisfaction? Never mind who it is that's experiencing the dissatisfaction. Let's go look at the dissatisfaction and cure that. And that's the disease. So that's why he, okay, that makes sense. So that's why when he was asked about self and not self, he, he did not speak on it because it's it not, was irrelevant to his teaching. It's, an, it's part of it, right. For many people, it's very handy, but for many people, it's irrelevant. Another example of that is rebirth. Rebirth, or whether re, uh, reincarnation exists or not, is generally irrelevant. It's irrelevant. That, that, that's not what's causing your suffering right now. I found the thing that is causing my suffering is resisting, is any resistance to, to what is. And because mm -hmm. I can't really control, I, I can barely, I can't control my own thought, right? The thoughts pop up. In awareness, they vanish, but there's no real sense of control 
Uh, over well, here's how we begin to gain control. Just like you would train any animal, for instance, a wild horse. The first thing that they have to do is to catch the horse. The second thing they have to do is to get the horse corralled. After the horse is corralled and it stays in a small area for a while, they get used to that small area and then they can get the horse into a smaller and smaller area like a stall so that then the rider can stand or can sit on the horse while it's in a stall. The horse can't do much of anything. It begins to get used to the rider there. Okay, we could use that kind of analogy here <clears throat> that when we talk about the monkey mind, rather than making the monkey sit still, we're just sort of going to make the forest somehow smaller so that we give boundaries to where the mind is going to go. This is the basic beginning training of the mind is to give it boundaries. So you begin to start making what we could call a don't do list. Don't do that. OK, for instance, if we have memory of an argument that we had with someone years ago and we keep bringing that up and all we do is feel bad, we're not going to contact the guy. And if we did contact the guy, we probably wouldn't talk about that argument. And if we did, we would probably start arguing again over what we were arguing about in the first place. Right. <laughs> and so why do we bring that argument up in our mind? The answer is we can clearly see that that's an unwholesome thought that we can, in fact, put that out of the mind. Yeah, then yeah. we begin to see that many, many, many things that happened in our past that didn't go our way that we would have liked to have changed. We can't. Not only have, is the past gone, but it's dead and buried in a way that your memories are probably different from anybody else's memories of that episode, whatever it was that happened, and you may not ever see them again anyway. And so why do we remember things that are painful to remember? Why? There's an answer to that, and that is the answer is the self-preservation instinct learns from dangers. Yes. Sir. So we keep rehearsing the dangers. It's also why it's also why the mind has a, a negative bias as well, because it's better off for it. As we've spoken about this before, it's better off for it to think that a stick is a snake and be wrong than the other way around, and then you die. Right. Uh, so it's about so changing the mind. Uh, yeah. Um, but I, I, like I've said, uh, the uh, thoughts appear uh, and they are burnt up in awareness. It seems to simply be this holdover of consuming bad thoughts for the past 32 years. That is ah, right. So we now. <clears throat> so now it's time to make a big change. And that big change is, is to start congratulating yourself instead of just seeing the fire arise and pass away. Use the next thought will be, aha, I can see that. Look at that. My mind is getting sharp now because I can see that stuff. It was there all along, but now I'm really paying attention. Begin to congratulate yourself for what you're doing correctly. It's, it's because difficult. you have been punishing yourself for what you did wrong all along and giving no credit at all for what you were doing correctly. Now we're going to change that around. So that you're not going to punish yourself at all for what you do wrong. In fact, you're going to use that as a learning experience. But you are going to congratulate yourself for everything that you do right. And start seeing how much you've got right now. 
and that you can feel safe and confident and secure that you can handle things. This is all the Eightfold Noble Path we're talking about here, is to wake up, to take a look, to start making some changes, and then congratulate ourselves for making some changes. That we can do this. That, yeah, you're getting in touch with that stuff in the chest, and you can breathe with that and play with it and make it a toy, and it's not going to be a terror for you anymore. And it's been driving your life all along up until now. It, it, exactly, it has. And, and I'm grateful that I've, I mean... Being aware of it is the first step towards moving it or playing with it somehow. So I, I'm I'm curious as to its nature. Um, actually, it's it's not a solidified form as you said. It's just a sensation, so it doesn't have a specific nature about it. Um, how do I play with it? Is is what I'm asking. It, By okay, when breathing in, can you make it big and breathing out, make it small? Can you make it pulsate with the breath? Okay. Can you move it down into the tummy? Can you move it up into higher into the chest? Can you actually breathe in and make it really big? And then as you breathe it out, it just goes right out. Cool. Okay. This is mental cool. imagery that you can use that actually has the proprioceptic connection. Yes. So as you're visualizing and actually feeling this stuff, you make that see feel connection. Yeah. It becomes very powerful. Yes. So that you begin to manipulate how you feel by actually manipulating sensations. Okay, so one of the four parts of mindfulness is mindfulness of the body. This is included uh, in the mindfulness of the body. Yeah, this, this is, is it. Another part of it is is uh, the hands becoming mindful of the hands. What are the mind? What are the hands doing? What is the body breathing? What are the position of the feet right now? What parts of the body are in movement right now? Do you have a knee that's shaking? Do you have thumbs that are uh, rubbing? Do you have fingers that are tapping? Do you have fingers on the skin, etc., like that? Looking for all your own body movements. And when Can these are not relaxed and still, or is your stillness a tense stillness to try to stop yourself from the automatic movements, or can you be comfortable? And so relaxed that the automatic movements come to a rest. That's completely different than whether you're stifling them versus whether they've come to a rest. Yeah. All right. And when you find these things, when you come to these sensations, then what? You move deeper into it without thought, yes? Become interested in them, play with them, become friends with them, become intimately familiar with the body. Yes. Become intimate with the body, become intimate with the surroundings of the body, become intimately involved with the shirt that's wearing, become intimately involved with the air on your face. Practice intimacy rather than activity. See, so you're approaching it from the perspective of an activity that you have rather than yeah. an intimacy. Yeah. Okay. Yes, yeah, you're right, and that helps with not forming resistance towards which will allow me to exploit more. Mm -hmm. So okay. this is a friendship exploration that you're, in fact, exploring friendly territory. Yes. It's called interoception, I believe, in psychological circles. It's like investigation of the somatic experience of the body. Yes, exactly so. 
Thank you for all them highfalutin words. We need them. <laughs> it's, it's something I stumbled across because I've, I've been avoiding going into the body because I've been so much in the mind now that the mind is basically, I'm awake almost all of the time now. It's, yeah. Now it's the body that's the issue and I didn't know. You guys call it psychosomatic because they can see the connection between the, the mind and the body, that they're deeply interrelated. Yes. And so putting the mind into the body means that now you become the body. There is a system called proprioceptic. Uh, Do you know the, that's what we're tapping into is the proprioceptic, not the senses that are the touch out the, the surface of the skin, but the deep body. So in the Mahasi method, they call it the rising, falling, touching and sitting. The touching is actually the external part of the skin, and the sitting is actually the, the awareness of the proprioceptic posture that the body is in, including all of the movements and everything. Okay, so, so we put the mind into the body. Yes. We can visualize and, and connect that to the proprioceptic so that we can actually be there in there really watching what's going on in those areas that we were calling tight. Okay. And begin to play with them. Or we can call it whatever sensation it is, but the important part is whatever it is, you don't like it. Yeah, and then the resistance and then that just snowballs and yeah, no, you're right. You're 100% correct. I need to make friends with it. So there's an accept, proper acceptance, not acceptance so it goes away, but actual investigation. Yeah, just, right. Look at this. I can see that stuff. Aha, uh -huh, I see you. Uh-huh. There you are. Right. You're my good friend. I see you. Okay, so this is the kind of relationship. Pet it like you would pet a pet dog. Yes. Rub its fur. Okay, perfect. I need to go shortly, but... You have given me exactly the kind of answers I was looking for. Um, you seem to understand my, my plight ex exactly. Um, Been there, done that. <laughs> yes. So thank you so much for your time. And uh, I, I will definitely be, be practicing this and I'll, I'll keep you uh, up to date as to my progress. Well, great. I'd like to see you again. And also, I'd like to invite you on the Sangha call. I saw, I, 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 I opened Skype like for the first time in months now to speak to you and i saw that i was part of a group so yeah i'll, I'll join yeah. come join us yeah you make some friends sure. find some other people who have tightness in the chest <laughs> <laughs> sure it sounds good okay thank you okay see you later bye bye bye